Hi, I'm Sam Breakgear and welcome to Brains Bite Back. Your weekly podcast looking at how our brains, psychology and society are impacted by the ever-evolving technology that surrounds us. It has been a stressful year and we are living in stressful times. In these moments, it's vital for us to exhibit strong emotional regulation to deal with the challenges of daily life. But what if this wasn't a skill developed as adults, but instead as children through the use of video games? That is the mission of Mightier, a biofeedback video game platform designed to help children regulate their emotions. Joining me to discuss how this technology works and how it was developed, we speak with developmental psychologist Jason Khan, who is the founder and chief scientist at Mightier. In this episode, we discuss how the company handles data and what it is showing us, how the technology was tested at Harvard Medical School and Boston Children's Hospital, and how data and video games can help us develop better habits in other areas of our lives. Additionally, we also discuss what games are available on the app, what is on the horizon for Mightier, and why Jason believes a family-first approach is the key to successfully utilizing this technology before rolling this out to schools. As ever, we would love to hear what you think of this episode and what you want to hear for future episodes. So reach out to us at, at the sociable on Twitter. And don't forget to follow and subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Publicize, a digital PR company that grows businesses' online presence. And for a limited time only, exclusive to Brains Bite Back listeners, you can receive an SEO assessment as part of your package for any tier of service at no extra charge with this special promotion. To find out more, visit publicize.co bbb. There's a skill out there more important than reading or math. By the time a child is five years old, this skill predicts their health, wealth, and love well into adulthood. This skill is called emotional regulation. Jason, can you tell us uh, who you are and a bit about your academic and professional background, please? Oh, absolutely. So my name is Jason Kahn. I am a developmental psychologist by training. I am the chief science officer at a company called Mightier. We're based in Boston, Massachusetts. I am also a part-time instructor in psychiatry at Boston Children's Hospital and Harvard Medical School. And I work on something called emotional regulation, which is really, I mean, something that we all do, but it's the ability to, when life gets really hard, it's the ability to stay calm and persevere and work through really frustrating moments. Yeah, I think that's an essential skill for everyone to have. I've definitely had to use mm -hmm. that kind of mentality during this quarantine when uh, there's been stressful times and it's like, all right, breathe. And I've, I've done a lot of meditation and uh, it really helps. So I think uh, the work you're doing is definitely very valuable. Yeah. I mean, you've hit the nail on the head. Like right now, I think more than ever, there is a there is a massive need for this skill. One of the really interesting things about where I work, Mightier, is I mean, maybe like back up just what it is, is it's a it's an app that lets kids build emotional regulation. And they do that by controlling their heart rate in the moment and while they're playing games. So like that's an important part. They're playing games, they're having fun, and then they control their heart rate. When the game gets hard, because what we do, we do this really counterintuitive thing is when the game gets hard and we notice their emotions rise, we make the game harder. Um, and what, you know, that gives them an incentive to then calm themselves back down right in the moment. And kids do this and they do it really well. And they do this thousands and thousands of times. Pandemic related, because we watch these kids' heart rate, we've been able to watch the, like we collect all this data and we've, we've seen this spike. If you could just map the pandemic by the change in kids' heart rate over time. 
And so we know that there are these tens of thousands of kids out there and like just playing mightier that have seen like their their hearts are beating 2000 more times a day. It's crazy just because just because like their entire social structure just got yanked away from them. So, yes, I mean, all to say, like, that's exactly right. We're all in this place where we have no idea what's up and what's down and we need this skill more than ever. Yeah, and I think the earlier you start, the better as well. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm fully on board for like kids learning meditation and also yoga, <laughs> ideally yes. as young as possible. I think the two can be very, very useful like skills to have like in in your toolkit. Yeah, for sure, throughout life. Yeah, they're definitely a lifelong skill, and the earlier the better. It's another amazing fact about these skills is, you know, you build them early, and pretty much everything is an adult you value, whether it's your physical health or I mean, your income, your social relationships, like these are all predicted by basically your ability to keep calm. And you start building that skill like the second you're born. Uh, so yeah. it's, it's something that everyone need, can work on and can make themselves better at. And there's a huge incentive to be better at this. Yeah. And would you be able to run through like how it works? So like from start to finish, if someone was to like sign up for this and get their kids on it, like what is the, what's the process? Yeah, absolutely. So I think... It, First, just what it is, is it really is. It's a program for parents to then bring this skill of emotional regulation, this vital skill of emotional regulation to their kids and to their home. And so if you're a parent, you you sign up, you go to our website, you sign up, and what's going to arrive at your home is a system that's going to let your kid do this. So you're going to get a tablet and a heart rate monitor. And after that, after this shows up at your house, what you're child does is they they play they play video games they play video games while wearing the heart rate monitor uh so this is what the heart rate monitor is they just put it on their arm they wear a heart rate monitor while they play and that lets kids watch their emotions while they're playing video games and so what happens is as they're playing the video games kids naturally walk into this moment of frustration because video games are a lot like life they have these moments of frustration and in life when you hit a moment of frustration you don't get to like walk away. You don't get to turn life off. You don't get to hit the reset button. You have to figure out how in the middle of that argument, in the middle of that discussion, in the middle of that math problem, you're going to stay focused and calm and really get through. And Mightier gets to show you, it gives you that window of that happening in real time. And the so what kids do is as their emotions rise in the video game, Mightier, actually it gets, it's funny, it gets harder. And it gets harder, like smoke will show up on the screen. It will be harder to see. It'll be harder to do what they want to do. And in that moment, my dear says, okay, like if you want, like here, use this calming skill, use a calming strategy, like deep breathing and calm yourself back down get back to the blue. And you can see that happening. You build that window and you use that really to go and make the game easier again. And what's amazing is they do this. They do this when they start using my dear, they do this thousands of times. Mm -hmm. And by doing it thousands of times, they build a muscle memory around it. And so they really get, they get to this point where they don't even need the calming strategies. They just build, they build a muscle memory around calming down. So they know how their body feels. They know how it feels when they're getting worked up and they know how it feels when they're calming themselves back down. And they take these skills out into real, they take these skills out into real life and they, they find themselves in able to get through challenge, able to be more confident, more successful, even when things are getting really hard around them. I'd really be interested to know, like, what's the game like? Is it like Mario or is it like, how is it designed to, to entertain kids? So that's one of the great things about Mightier is that 
there's not just one game on my dear. There are 26 games on my dear right now. And they are the same types of games that you'd be playing on Xbox or the like. So there's games like Race the Sun or Mini Metro. These are games that have, you know, millions of downloads, have won a war. Mm. And the idea here is that we want to make sure kids are having fun. And we know there's no one definition of fun for any kid. Mm -hmm. And when a kid plays these games, the way they get difficult is it's a little different in each game, but it's always the same idea. So, you know, they'll be playing uh, Race the Sun is sort of a it's it's kind of like an arcade spaceship race, like racing game. And once their heart rate goes up, it gets harder and harder to see what's in front of them. And so that's what they see. They see themselves playing this game. They feel going along. And then all of a sudden, as their heart rate rises, they see they see a physical manifestation of that through something called the gizmo, which is at the bottom of their screen. But they also see the screen like just get cloudier and cloudier as they go. And so what they then do is they then press, you know, it's called the gizmo. It's at the bottom left of the screen. They press that button. And that's when it opens up and they're given this space where they can calm themselves back down. And once they successfully do that, uh, the screen clears up and they're able to go on their way and continue. And this experience repeats across the many, many games inside of Mightier. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, one of the things and one of our core philosophies is that as a kid, you should never be bored playing this. Like there are there are a lot of healthcare games out there where people who are scientists like me have made the games and they're not fun. Like, I mean, it's, just, <laughs> it's very hard for a scientist to make a fun game. And so... You know, what we do is we work with, I mean, we work with games that are already in the market, games that have been very successful, very fun. And we we really just find a way to add to them so they can be an experience where kids can learn this important skill of emotional regulation. That's smart. Yeah, that makes sense. And I know that you mentioned that, like, obviously you you have this like omniscient view of all this data from from the kids that are playing this. My first thought there is kind of like, I can imagine there's a lot of red tape and a lot of issues when it comes to collecting data on children. And obviously there's like maybe some parents might have some concerns around that. Like, have you faced any issues there? And like, how have you tackled that? Yeah, it's a great question. And one of the things we're really proud of in Mightier is that we do we do all this in the open. So what we do is for families who want to donate data, we have a way to opt in and we have an independent ethics board that then supervises this process. Um, it's called an IRB for anyone who's ever been a scientist in their life. But you know, the idea is that families really get to elect whether they want to share their, like, share this scientific data with us. Otherwise, I mean, they still get to play no matter what. Like, they get to play, they get to use it, they get the benefit of all this experience no matter what. But, you know, the idea then is that families can then opt into this higher place. And what's really cool then is that then their kid is not only getting the benefit, but what happens to them is then making sure that there's a better experience for all the kids who come after them. Mm-hmm. And parents have been very willing to go and choose and elect to opt into this experience. And we do a lot to protect them. So like when we aggregate data, like we have no idea what player is what. Like we we take yeah. player serious, like we take player data like very seriously and privacy very, very seriously. And I think, you know, one of the things we've learned just watching how other people have approached this and just who we want to be is, you know, it, it speaks to my scientific roots, but We want to be really transparent with families. We want to be very clear and transparent about our ethics. And we want to give our, like, we want to put ourselves in a position where, like, it's not just us saying this is safe. Like, there's someone else, like, out there who's helping us make these decisions who's independent. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I get that. And it sounds like I would have assumed you would have taken all these steps in place. I just, uh, Mm -hmm. yeah, I just had to ask. 
But like moving on, um, I understand the game was clinically tested and developed at Boston's mm. or Boston Children's Hospital and Harvard Medical School. Uh, how was this game tested and what did the results show for this? Yeah, absolutely. I'm actually, I'm super proud of that test. Um, so I was one of the scientists on that test. That was, I actually, I left, the, I left the faculty or I left the position at Boston Children's when we started My Dear. So we had a version of My Dear where kids played with their heart rate in the context of playing video games. And then we built a sham version of My Dear, which is not something you normally see in these experimental tests. So in the sham version of My Dear, you still wore a heart rate monitor, you still played the video games, and you actually didn't know if you were getting the actual video game or the sham video game. So you were randomized into one of these two groups. The other thing we did, which is like, again, setting the bar really, really high for ourselves, is made sure that everybody was getting a baseline of therapy underneath My Dear. So there was like active intervention underneath. So everybody was getting that like baseline of improvement, no matter what. So even if you were in the sham group, you were going to see like, you were going to see improvement because an evidence-based therapy was sitting underneath you. Mm-hmm. And then we randomized kids into two groups and we ran a trial. And we saw results on three themes. So we saw results on the theme of this ability to be less angry. You know, we had, again, so the reviewer was yet another blinded person. So in, sci- in social science and psychology studies, you do these instruments and then you have a reviewer come in. And you don't want the reviewer to be like, you don't want the reviewer to know who's in what group. You want them to have no clue. And so the reviewer comes in um, and the assessor comes in. And so they, you know, they see and they measure less anger in the, in the intervention groups, the people who are actually playing the real game. They measured less disruptive behaviors in the group of families playing the real game. So disruptive behaviors are things like outbursts, tantrums, meltdowns, um, really the type of behaviors that kids express in school. Yeah. And then the last thing, I think the most exciting thing for me was a change in family stress. So I think, I don't know, when you go into a clinic and you see families come in, like, yes, they want to help their parents, their kids' symptoms, but there's this overwhelming theme that these families are very, very stressed out and they want help. And to have an intervention come in, and again, this is sitting on top of like active therapy and make this fundamental shift in how much stress is moving through a family was, you know, I mean, we were changing the, like, I, I don't want to oversell it, but it's hard not to, like we were, mm-hmm. we were changing the lives of these families. And that change was really like for me and like the decision to then take Mightier as a academic project and turn it into a commercial project. Like that one result was really the key result. Like the idea that you could reduce a family's stress by really by putting a video game inside that family was fundamental. And games are where kids are already. Like it's such a, it's such an easy sell. Like, I mean, if you're a kid, you're playing video games already. Um, And then to be able to turn those video games into something positive and something exciting and something that would change the temperature of a family, just, it felt too important to leave it inside the walls of an academic institution. Yeah. No, I absolutely love what you're doing. And it's one of those things which like, it's such a simple uh, concept to grasp. And I completely understand like why it has such a positive impact. And I love these episodes where I get to have people on and like show like how technology is like genuinely making a difference. We get, we get some episodes where it's like kind of depressing <laughs> where technology is kind of like a black mirror kind of uh, approach. So like whenever I have these episodes, it's always really nice to see that like, yeah, excellent. That's one win for technology. But um, I'm, I'm super excited to see like how this develops. 
And I, I say that because I saw in Moby Health News that since its launch, Mightier raised more than 10 million in funding from investors. So first of all, congratulations on that. And um, <laughs> second of all, I'd love to know what are the next steps for Mighty or what do you have planned in the future? Is this just the start or you got other things that you're working on? Oh, absolutely. Like we've got plenty more that we're working on. And I think with the latest round of fundraising, we're really pushing forward two directions. We're, we're heavily investing in our product. We know like there are so many tools that families bring in and they just, you know, I, I'm a parent myself. You buy these things for your kids and then they end up in a toy box, never touching them. And I think when we're talking about games and we're talking about kids and we're making such a like sincere promise to our families, like we do really well in our families, but we want to do even better. And we want to make sure that this is a product that kids love and is something that carries forward, not just with the kid, but with the entire family. And so we continue to invest in ways that we can further engage kids. We continue to invest in ways that families and kids can really talk together and bring this language of Mightier into the home. And then the other thing we're doing is we continue to invest in access for families. So I live in the States. Uh, with a global perspective, the healthcare system of the States can be a really, really hard thing to understand. But the long and short of it is that if Mightier is a tool for everyone, then we need to figure out ways to get it into everyone's hands. And that's one of the things we've been working on is we've announced a partnership with Magellan, who is a who is a healthcare provider in the United States. And we've started a pilot where we are bringing Mightier, it's small, like we're working with 100 families right now, but we're bringing Mightier through a healthcare provider into families' homes. And that really, that really helps drive the mission of this is a tool, this is a tool for everyone. And we're going to find ways to get this into everyone's home. And right now there, are, you know, the two ways are, so Mightier is something that you can buy right now. Like you can go to our website and buy it for your family, but really finding ways to make sure that we work with the system that's in place here in the States and then beyond as we grow and make it, find a way to make that tool available for everyone. Mm. Do you think that you'd ever launch it or work with schools to kind of see if you can like roll it out with, with them? That's a really great point. And it's a really good question. It's a, for us, it's definitely on the horizon and on the roadmap. I think for one of the things we've noticed is that Mightier works really, really well when the entire family is on board. Mm -hmm. And so I think for us, like, we want to make sure at the point we get to schools, we we're in a place where we can work with schools to then interface with families. Mm -hmm. And I would say for us, we're not there yet. Um, if you are, you know, if you found this and you're working with a school, like, by all means, get in touch because we want to figure out how to get there. Mm -hmm. um, but that's, you know, for us, like the reason we haven't gone full bore at schools and knowing quite well that this is something that schools deal with on a day to day basis is that, you know, we do we do like that family dynamic and we view that family dynamic as really, really important. And that's that's where the majority of our focus is right now. Yeah, no, that makes sense. And if that's proven to be the most effective way, then I think, yeah, family first approach is probably the best idea. And now my last question to you, do you see the potential for video games to improve the behavior of children in other aspects of their lives? Oh, absolutely. I think, you know, you alluded to it before, you know, we talk about this technology in sort of these black and white like terms. And I think a lot of it, you know, I, I sympathize a lot of it feels scary at times, but I think the reality is that we, we define the terms and 
I think that we're an example of how video games can help with something as important as emotional regulation. But there are others. Like, I mean, there was a video game a few years back, actually called, you know, I mean, a Kerbal Space Program, but you launched, I mean, you launched gerbils at the moon. You built these really <laughs> realistic rockets and you launched gerbils. And it, you know, I, it was funny, like, you know, NASA, the space agency in the States ended up like really launching onto this. And like, cause the, the science behind it actually happened to be really realistic and it was dressed up in these really fun terms. And I think you're going to see more and more examples of this where the video games move out of like this sort of strictly educational versus entertainment paradigm. And these developers and designers learn to use what's been really successful in the education or not, sorry, in the entertainment space to make these amazing experiences that are very, very fun, mm -hmm. but still add on these educational or social value to what they're doing. And I think, you know, we're an example of this. There are plenty more out there. I can just, I can keep launching off. I can keep rattling off examples as I think about it. But like, even last year, there was this video game called Kind Words, which is adjacent to our space. And you wrote, basically, you just wrote nice letters to other people. Um, just nice letters to other people. And it had this huge, it made like a time, like just really nice waves because especially as the pandemic picked up, like getting a very kind let, like a very like nice letter that was responsive to the type, to the problems that you were facing, like it felt really good. And it was dressed up in the language of games and it doesn't have to be, you know, these constant battles of screen time and violence. And like, this. there's just so much more that we can accomplish in this medium and we're going to get there. It's cool. Yeah. Now that we've discussed this, I find that even the gamification of certain aspects of our lives as adults really helps you kind of excel. So for example, I love playing Duolingo and I yeah. don't really see that as a game, but it is a game and they incorporate all the sorts of aspects that you would find in a game. And also on top of that, it's maybe not considered a game, but I do love the fact that things like Fitbit and smartwatches yeah. also allow you to like track your sleep almost like a game like, oh, <laughs> how many hours can I get? or same with exercise. So I definitely think like incorporating that element of like making it like a game can be very beneficial for like kids and adults, definitely. Oh, absolutely. I love Duolingo as well. And like those, those type of experiences where you take the mechanics that have been amazing in games and you, you turn them around so that you can do something better, like speak a language or sleep. Like we'll just see more and more of that. Yeah, awesome. I'm, I'm fully on board with that. Those are all my questions now, Jason. If people do want to follow you or keep up to date with what Mighty is doing, uh, where can they go for that? So absolutely. So the easiest way to keep up with Mightier is just at our website, mightier.com. Uh, people can hang out with me. At, so my Twitter is my name, J-M-Con, K-A-H-N-I-I. Uh, separate me from my dad. I'm number two. Um, <laughs> And then on that front, uh, I honestly, like, I love getting email from strangers, like, honestly, more than anything. So Jason at mightier.com. Like, I really don't mind. So Awesome. Hopefully you get some. <laughs> some good ones. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining me today, Jason. Thank you. It's great to be here. Once again, thank you to our sponsor, Publicize. Visit their website if you want to find out more about their PR for growth packages, their free resources, or even schedule a call. And for a limited time only, exclusive to Brains Bite Back listeners, you can receive an SEO assessment as part of your package for any tier of service at no extra charge with this special promotion. To find out more, visit publicize.co slash BBB.
congratulations, you have completed today's podcast. But don't worry, there's plenty more just like this at sociable.co along with many other articles around similar topics and themes just like the ones you will find on this podcast. Additionally, you can go to any of your favorite podcasting platforms, Spotify, iTunes, Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, so many. And you can follow and subscribe to us on there. And as ever, say hi and be sociable on Twitter. We'd love to hear from you. Until the next episode, take care.